You're listening to the Wander Well Podcast. Learn how to create your own reality, live your calling, and find inner peace. We cover self-care, wandering, and manifesting. Welcome. I'm your host, Katie J. Hello and welcome to Wanderwell Podcast. This is the third episode of the Bodhi Project, where I am bringing you the transformational stories of women who have gone through Bodhi, surf, and yoga. Today, I am bringing you Alexandra Kuber. I had the pleasure of meeting her on her sixth trip to Bodhi. Yeah, she's been there six times. And so in this interview today, you're going to learn how she overcame her fear of the ocean and ended up falling in love with surfing and falling in love with Bodhi surf and yoga. Here's Alex. I'm Alexandra Kuber from uh, born in Poland, grew up in Germany, studied in Spain, eventually came to New York. Uh, I only had a one year plan for New York, but it's been 16 years now. And uh, I'm an architect, uh, and I love doing this job in New York. It's, of course, challenging on many, many levels, but in the end, it's very fulfilling because I've been exposed to incredible uh, opportunities and uh, have been growing in my career. To get to know Alex a little bit more, I asked her what values were important to her, and this is what she shared with us. Being creative, being true to yourself, and actually following your dreams and doing things you love. I remember something my dad kept telling me as a small child. It's like, whatever you choose to do in life, just be very careful to 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 do the right thing because you have to do it eight hours at least per day and you should love it because you don't want to be miserable for eight hours. So it was very, very important for me to always follow this kind of rule to just try to have fun and do things you love. So when people kind of imagine what they want to do and kind of like visualize it, I mostly visualize how I want to feel rather than what I want to exactly that which position or how much money or what kind of job title and I think that actually worked for me so it's more a feeling-based approach. Alex mentioned that she has been scared of waves for 20 years. When she was 19 years old she was off the coast of France in the Atlantic Ocean and almost drowned and her boyfriend at the time and his friend came to save her and ever since then she's kind of taken the sidelines as far as ocean activities goes she's loved watching surfers and has always admired the sport but never really been out there because of this crippling fear of waves and so I was curious how she found out about Bodhi a surf and yoga camp and how she even ended up there At one point, I don't know what made me do this, but we signed up for this surf camp at Bodhi because I was over being limiting myself with by this fear and finally wanting to learning how to surf. And I said, okay, let's just do it. Just let's, you know, I have to overcome it. And I came to Bodhi and I immediately fell in love with the environment, the setting, the people. And, um, thought somehow I felt like it was something I was familiar with. It was like everything felt very easy for me to adapt to. And yeah, and on my first ride to the beach, I was sitting in the back of the truck, uh, in the back seat of the, of the truck. And I told, uh, <laughs> I told Hebron that I was terrified of waves. <laughs> and his reaction was like, well, you now have to just get used to them because it's a very big part of surfing. 
when you guys got to the water on your first day of surfing and your first trip, what, what went down there? Oh, I was terrified. I was so nervous. And I was very happy that we first were sitting at the beach and I had to listen to him for, you know, there's this theory part. And so I was very happy that I didn't have to go in right away. It also, it's the way they teach it is was very soft, right? You know, you just, at first you get uh, to know some rules and what you need to look at and what you need to follow. And then you go into the water and at the, at the shore and you just do the first exercises. And that was very helpful. So it was a very, very soft approach. So what would you say to someone who was in your position the first time they came to Bodhi and they were just terrified of the waves, didn't really know what to expect and were ready to get over their fear, but still very much scared? I think that they're in the right place to overcome the fears because you are so well taken care of. It's not like, you know, I've, I've served with other surf schools and no, I'm not criticizing any surf schools or surf ca- camps because every, everything is different. But Bodhi is standing out because they really care. And they, they, um, I felt very safe. I knew there were people around me who could help me if I needed help. And even when I needed help, they were right there. So it was it was the best place to do this. I think, you know, certain things come to your life in the right moment. And there was one of it. And I was in the right place to overcome it because I was I was guided by, you know, by great people. And I felt safe. And that was the most important part. And I don't I don't had this experience like being really safe with the uh, instructor with other schools so that's why I also probably go back right because I want to learn to surf even if it's going to take me 10 years to really be a decent surfer but I feel like it's it's the place where I feel most comfortable challenging myself. The Bodhi team can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure that Alex is their most returning customer. She's been there six times and is planning her seventh trip this spring. I was curious, what brought her back to Bodhi again and again? You know, at this point, it became really like uh, a home away from home. I always always say that, especially because I know what to expect. I know who's there. I know I'm, um, I love the people. They are now my friends. I know um, that I can completely disconnect. And, you know, we have all this very challenging or like sometimes stressful jobs and it's so easy to just write an email and say you done adrian travis uh i want to come in this week is it okay and it's like it's booked in like 10 minutes i don't have to think about anything i know what to expect and i think this is something that's very comforting every time there's something else you learn about yourself or from other people or just a different experience I asked Alex what her favorite part about Bodhi surf and yoga was. Although the food, the surf, and the yoga is amazing, Alex said that her favorite part is the feeling she gets from just being there. I feel so full of positivity and charged and disconnected from the stress. I think this is the the most special thing for me. Always, And that's what actually always takes me back to Bodhi because this kind of completely relaxing and disconnecting and in you know looking more into yourself rather than always external viewpoints so I think it's that's the the one of the most uh, important things for me this feeling of complete fullness and and actually relaxation being at 
you know, in the now, it's impressive. Like you don't get that from many other places. It's so clear that the founders of Bodhi love what they do. And I asked Alex what she thinks is the deciding factor that allows them to create that fullness in their guests when they leave. Because I think they're following their own passion, their own love, and they're doing what they always wanted to do. And I think this kind of radiates and they kind of bring you back to the nature. They're very, you know, the whole environmental aspect is a whole other topic. It's also of course, you need a certain certain money to, to run your business, but the focus is more to do what they really want to do rather than, you know, making themselves rich. Alex said that growing up in Germany, it was commonplace to use reusable bags when you go grocery shopping. Here in the U.S., and now that she lives in the U.S., these things are new and exciting, and everyone's rallying for pro-environmental choices and consumerism. But she says every time she goes back to Bodhi, she learns something new about how she can reduce her impact. When you, when you then live in the U.S., you kind of forget certain things. And whenever I go there, I, I always get reminded of something new <laughs> I, I have forgotten. And then, you know, you implement it in your little world at home. One thing that I personally picked up from Bodhi that I already knew about but never really actually practiced was composting. If you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and grains, all of those things can be used in fertilizer. And so here in Truckee, California, we save all of our food scraps and then give them to our friend with a garden and get a huge box of fresh vegetables for free. So try to find somebody in your area who has a garden and tr see if you can work out a little trade where your food scraps, your waste becomes their fertilizer for their garden. It's a beautiful thing. I asked Alex what she's most excited for for her next trip to Bodhi in spring of 2019. She said she's of course excited to improve her surfing and get to know the other guests on her trip, but also what it is she's going to learn this time. I'm always curious what else I'm going to learn. So I'm just, you know, I want to challenge myself every time I'm there. And I've, I'm just looking forward to learn again something else. If it's, if it's something in surfing or yoga or within me or, you know, holding my breath longer underwater, I don't know. Something will definitely come <laughs> on its way to me. <laughs> I tried the underwater holding the breath thing. It was, I was not good. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really pinpoint what it is, but as, as I think it's maybe I don't have this big expectation or oh, I need to learn something new and it just finds itself to me by itself. So I think um, I'm just curious and looking forward to a great time with great people. Alex brings up a really good point here. You don't necessarily need to always go out looking for some big life lesson or epiphany or realization. There's this quote that always sits with me. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And Alex decided that she was ready to overcome her fear of the ocean. And so I was curious how her instructors and the setting of Bodhi and of Uvita allowed her to make that transformation in her life. Here's Alex. It, it happened very naturally because I, once you're in the water and the waves are, you know, you have to really watch the waves. You have to behave a certain way when waves come. Either you have to paddle like crazy or you go, you know, turtle roll or you just, you know, when you have, don't have a board, you just, you dive under the wave. Once you had those experiences, um, I think you feel more comfortable. But on the other hand side, I had no time to actually focus on my fear when I was in the water. 
because it, I think that's the most important or the most incredible thing about surfing for me is this is like two hours or one and a half hours, whatever, how, how, how long I'm in the water. I can't think of anything else than just looking at the water and trying to manage the waves or taking a wave or just sitting out on the board and looking at the incredible scenery you see at the beach. I think um, you just, there is no time for fear. You know, like I think sometimes this kind of blockages or challenges happen because you, it gets into your head. And I think all those 20 years, I never, never wanted to go back into the waves was because in my head it was dangerous and I didn't know what to do and and it totally blocked me. And I think once you got into the waves and I got a little, you know, more comfortable in the, um, after the first few days at the, at the shore, I realized, like, I don't have time to be afraid. I just, it's, there is no time because I'm in there and I, I have to focus on the moment with the water and with the surfboard and my own strength and everything. So it, um, I realized it was just in my head more than actually in my reality. So I think that was a great aha moment for me. Yeah, that's pretty profound. I actually wasn't expecting that answer at all. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I just, it just came to me. And I also remember Travis said to me the other day, it's like sometimes you, you are thinking of, certain things about the business and you are agitated and into your thinking and this and that and then you just go surfing for two hours and you realize you didn't even think about it for two hours it can't be that big so i think that's um was a great aha moment for me alex just shared something that we love to do at bodhi and that was share your high low ha of the day or in some cases your aha which is the epiphany moment of the day. So to wrap up this episode, I am going to share with you my week's high, low, aha. So my high was going camping out at Azalea Lake, which is north of Donner Lake, which is north of Lake Tahoe. And Tucker and I went out there, met up with some friends. We had dinner on the summit, watched the sunset. It was gorgeous and obviously woke up in nature, which how can you really complain about that? My low, I went to the Reno Aces game, which is the minor league baseball game nearby. And we went with our company, the Tahoe Adventure Company. We all had so much fun. I loved the game. But my low was definitely just seeing the... I don't even know what you call them. They what she wasn't a cheerleader. She had a flag. It was kind of a half-assed job of her running up and down the dugout whenever we scored a run. I was very disappointed as a former cheerleader that that was their pump-up squad and I was very tempted to go grab that flag and wave it around. And my aha moment of the week was just realizing how far I've come. And as I prepare to launch this manifestation course in a few weeks, I have been in awe of the life that I live now and the fact that I have a job that fulfills my purpose to bring people into nature every single day and that my bosses really appreciate and uh, show a lot of gratitude towards me all the time and, you know, constantly want to reward us for things. I mean, that is, I didn't even know that existed a few years ago. And so I have continuously said no to jobs that didn't fulfill my purpose or didn't make me happy or where I didn't feel that I was appreciated and I have been able to 
focus on what it is that I want and manifest a life that has allowed me to live seasonally between the mountains of Truckee, California and the tropics of Uvita, Costa Rica. And so in just a month and a half, I'll be returning to Costa Rica to all these amazing Bodhi people that you keep hearing about. And that was one of my aha moments that holy crap, I have manifested this amazing life. And I'm so excited to share with you guys the tools that I've used to get to where I am so that you guys can manifest your best life. All of our best lives are going to look different. We all have different dreams and aspirations. The issue is, as young children, a lot of the time we were told that we can't make that happen. And that's why I really love Alex sharing her story from her dad who said, hey, you're going to be doing your work for eight hours a day. Make sure you love it. Make sure you love your work. And I love my work. I love going into the office four days a week and getting people out on Lake Tahoe and mountain biking around the summit and doing amazing outdoor recreation things. So whatever it is that your best life entails, you can make it happen. And I'm going to show you how. So send me an email to Katie, K-A-T-I-E at Wanderwell Podcasts, and I will set you up with this course so that we can get you on your way to manifesting your best life. Are you ready? I sure hope so. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Namaste. Go out, wander the world, be well. I love you all. Peace out. for this episode is brought to you by soundstripe.com.